Section 27 of Guy Mannering. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Guy Mannering, or The Astrologer, by Sir Walter Scott, Volume 1, Chapter 24. Liddell, till now, except in doric lays tuned to her murmurs by her love-sick swains unknown in song though not a purer stream rolls towards the western main art of preserving health the present store-farmers of the south of scotland are a much more refined race than their fathers and the manners i am now to describe have either altogether disappeared or are greatly modified without losing the rural simplicity of manners they now cultivate arts unknown to the former generation not only in the progressive improvement of their possessions but in all the comforts of life their houses are more commodious their habits of life regulated so as better to keep pace with those of the civilized world and the best of luxuries the luxury of knowledge has gained much ground among their hills during the last thirty years deep drinking formerly their greatest failing is now fast losing ground and while the frankness of their extensive hospitality continues the same it is generally speaking refined in its character and restrained in its excesses deals in the wife said dandy dinmont shaking off his spouse's embrace but gently and with a look of great affection deals in ye ally do ye no see the stranger gentleman ally turned to make her apology troth i was so well pleased to see the goodman that but good gracious what's the matter with ye both for they were now in her little parlour and the candle showed the streaks of blood which dinmont's wounded head had plentifully imparted to the clothes of his companion as well as to his own ye've been fighting again dandy with some of the bowcastle horse-coopers wow man a married man with a bonny family like yours should ken better what a father's life's worth in the world the tears stood in the good woman's eyes as she spoke whist whist good wife said her husband with a smack that had much more affection than ceremony in it never mind never mind there's a gentleman that will tell you that just when i had given up to laurie lowther's and had bidden the drinking of twa cheers and gotten just in again upon the moss and was wigging cannily away home twa landloopers jump it out of a peat hag on me or i was thinking and got me down and nevelled me sair enough or i could gear my whip walk about their lugs and troth goodwife if this honest gentleman hadna come up i would have gotten mair looks than i like and lost more siller than i could well spare so ye maun be thankful to him for it under god 
and with that he drew from his side pocket a large greasy leather pocket-book and bade the good wife lock it up in her kist god bless the gentleman and even god bless him with all my heart but what can we do for him but to give him the meat and quarters we wouldna refuse to the poorest body on earth unless her eye directed to the pocket-book but with a feeling of natural propriety which made the inference the most delicate possible unless there was any other way brown saw and estimated at its due rate the mixture of simplicity and grateful generosity which took the downright way of expressing itself yet qualified with so much delicacy he was aware his own appearance plain at best and now torn and spattered with blood made him an object of pity at least and perhaps of charity he hastened to say his name was brown a captain in the regiment of cavalry travelling for pleasure and on foot both from motives of independence and economy and he begged his kind landlady would look at her husband's wounds the state of which he had refused to permit him to examine mrs dinmont was used to her husband's broken heads more than to the presence of a captain of dragoons she therefore glanced at a tablecloth not quite clean and conned over her proposed supper a minute or two before patting her husband on the shoulder she bade him sit down for a hard-headed loon that was i bringing himself and other folk into collie shangies when dandy dinmont after executing two or three capriolets and cutting the highland fling by way of ridicule of his wife's anxiety at last deigned to sit down and commit his round black shaggy bullet of a head to her inspection brown thought he had seen the regimental surgeon look grave over a more trifling case the good wife however showed some knowledge of chirurgery she cut away with her scissors the gory locks whose stiffened and coagulated clusters interfered with her operations and clapped on the wound some lint besmeared with a vulnerary salve esteemed sovereign by the whole dale which afforded upon fair nights considerable experience of such cases she then fixed her plaster with a bandage and spite of her patient's resistance pulled over all a nightcap to keep everything in its right place some contusions on the brow and shoulders she fomented with brandy which the patient did not permit till the medicine had paid a heavy toll to his mouth mrs dinmont then simply but kindly offered her assistance to brown he assured her he had no occasion for anything but the accommodation of a basin and towel and that's what i should have thought of sooner she said and i did think of it but i durst not open the door for there's all the barns poor things said keen to see their father this explained a great drumming and whining at the door of the little parlour which had somewhat surprised brown though his kindly landlady had only noticed it by fastening the bolt 
as soon as she heard it begin but on her opening the door to seek the basin and towel for she never thought of showing the guest to a separate room a whole tide of white-headed urchins streamed in some from the stable where they had been seeing dumple and giving him a welcome home with part of their four-hour scones others from the kitchen where they had been listening to old elspeth's tales and ballads and the youngest half-naked out of bed all roaring to see daddy and to inquire what he had brought home for them from the various fairs he had visited in his peregrinations our knight of the broken head first kissed and hugged them all round then distributed whistles penny trumpets and gingerbread and lastly when the tumult of their joy and welcome got beyond bearing exclaimed to his guest this is all the good wife's fault captain she will give the bairns all their own way me lord help me said ally who at that instant entered with the basin and ewer how can i help it i have nothing else to give them poor things dinmont then exerted himself and between coaxing threats and shoving cleared the room of all the intruders excepting a boy and girl the two eldest of the family who could as he observed behave themselves distinctly for the same reason but with less ceremony all the dogs were kicked out excepting the venerable patriarchs old pepper and mustard whom frequent castigation and the advance of years had inspired with such a share of passive hospitality that after mutual explanation and remonstrance in the shape of some growling they admitted wasp who had hitherto judged it safe to keep beneath his master's chair to a share of a dried wetter's skin which with the wool uppermost and unshorn served all the purposes of a bristol hearth-rug the active bustle of the mistress so she was called in the kitchen and the goodwife in the parlour had already signed the fate of a couple of fowls which for want of time to dress them otherwise soon appeared reeking from the gridiron or brander as mrs dinmont denominated it a huge piece of cold beef-ham eggs butter cakes and barley-mill bannocks in plenty made up the entertainment which was to be diluted with home-brewed ale of excellent quality and a case-bottle of brandy few soldiers would find fault with such cheer after a day's hard exercise and a skirmish to boot accordingly brown did great honour to the eatables while the good wife partly aided partly instructed a great stout servant-girl with cheeks as red as her top-knot to remove the supper matters and supply sugar and hot water which in the damsel's anxiety to gaze upon an actual live captain she was in some danger of forgetting brown took an opportunity to ask his host whether he did not repent of having neglected the gypsy's hint what cans answered he they're queer devils maybe i might just have escaped one gang to meet the other and yet i'll no say that neither for if that randy wife was coming to charlie's hope 
she should have a pint bottle of brandy and a pound of tobacco to wear her through the winter they're queer devils as my old father used to say they're worst where they're worst guided after all there's both good and ill about the gypsies this and some other desultory conversation served as a shoeing-horn to draw on another cup of ale and another cheerer as dinmont termed it in his country phrase of brandy and water brown then resolutely declined all further conviviality for that evening pleading his own weariness and the effects of the skirmish being well aware that it would have availed nothing to have remonstrated with his host on the danger that excess might have occasioned to his own raw wound and bloody coxcomb a very small bedroom but a very clean bed received the traveller and the sheets made good the courteous vaunt of the hostess that they would be as pleasant as he could find any gate for they were washed with the fairy well water and bleached on the bonny white gowans and biddled by nelly and herself and what could woman if she was a queen do more for them they indeed rivalled snow in whiteness and had besides a pleasant fragrance from the manner in which they had been bleached little wasp after licking his master's hand to ask leave couched himself on the coverlet at his feet and the traveller's senses were soon lost in grateful oblivion End of volume one, chapter twenty four.